from the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you. As the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for this program, Come to Me, live at 4 o'clock. And it repeats on those same nights and uh, those same days at 10 o'clock. And also uh, coming to you uh, all kinds of ways, uh, just coming to you from uh, our streaming audio, our mobile app, Coming to you live on the Amazon Alexa and Google Home devices. Uh, streaming to you now, my friends, on um, on YouTube and Facebook uh, and all kinds of ways. I'm, I'm kind of multitasking here while I'm talking to you. <laughs> our mobile app. I was on our mobile app today, and, you know, it, the, the possibilities are endless that we could put on this thing. I hope you're using it because... Um, you can listen right now live. You can watch the program live right now on the mobile app. You can look at the, later on. You can watch the video from later, you know, later on today. You can listen to the podcasts. All of our local programs are on there um, in uh, on podcasts, so you can listen to if you missed it. The bishops program. You can listen to Brothers in Arms. You can listen to Talking Catholic. You can listen to this program Friday Live, and. Uh, just all kinds of stuff you can be doing with this mobile app. So if you haven't downloaded it yet, if you had the uh, the old app on your iPhone, I believe you have to delete that and then download the new app. So that's the only catch there. Um, but do use it because there's not just our stuff, but we have the entire catechism on the, on the app. You can have the entire catechism in the palm of your hand, the entire Bible, um, Liturgy of the Hours, Morning, d- Evening, and Night Prayer, uh, all kinds of prayers. Uh, just so, please download it and use it. And there is, yes, we put it on there, a donate now button. So if you're good, so inspired and you want to help us out, you can do it that way. Also streaming live on video right now on our homepage, domesticchurchmedia.org. So, um, anyway, you are joining me, my friends. I'm happy to have you here on this beautiful late Advent day, December 18th, and uh, as we now enter into these last days of this beautiful season of joyful anticipation. Preparation, uh, awaiting for the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. That's our, that's our our prayer these days, especially these late Advent days. So I'm happy you're here. It is Wednesday. I want to share with you some of our Holy Father's uh, general audience from earlier today over in Rome, where Pope Francis again was talking about the nativity scene, and he said nativity scenes show a domestic gospel, a domestic gospel. So I'll share that with you. And then on this day, December 18th, 17, is it 17, 17 years ago, 2002, uh, now Saint, then Pope John Paul II, uh, gave his general audience on the same day, date December 18th, 2002, and uh, I always love to go to St. John Paul II and uh, share his thoughts about these Advent days. Uh, I hope, my friend, you're, you're savoring them. Actually, it felt a little bit like Christmas before uh, I stepped outside to get the mail, and we were having some kind of snow squall, although I think the sun is out now, but it was nice. And hopefully our music is enhancing your 
kind of the background of your of your preparations and uh, it's coming I think this year Christmas is kind of catching us all by surprise a little bit because Thanksgiving was so late and there's not as much time between Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day this year less than a month so we're we're getting caught off guard a little bit uh, but I hope <clears throat> that aside from the secular preparations that as we enter into these liturgical uh, seasons, and especially the first liturgical, the new liturgical year that begins with Advent, that we're allowing ourselves that time to really step back and savor these days, these especially these late Advent days. Hard to believe it's coming so fast. But first, let's pray, my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> and as always, wherever you are and however you are listening or watching, uh, and it makes no difference if you're listening live or watching live or watching or listening to the podcast or the, the, uh, the video archive. Uh, it makes no difference because God's, God is outside of time and his timing is perfect. So whenever you pray these prayers, it reaches the heart of God at just the right moment. And as uh, Venerable Sheen reminds us that there are not only two answers to prayer, but three. You may get a yes, you may get a no, and you may get a wait. That's the tough one when we're asked to wait. Uh, no is tough, too, but at least no, you're, definitively you know the answer. But to say, to, to not uh, get a response uh, as you are hoping for right away, and we have to wait for that, not always easy. But God does hear and answer every single prayer. So during these Advent days, these late Advent days, I'm so happy that we're able to come together at this time to pray with and for each other. And again, my friends, I say it every day, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I am so thrilled and so honored as we continue to receive so many prayer requests. Every day I go to the post office and get a little stack of mail. And uh, I, so many of you are, are writing these beautiful, beautiful, heartfelt uh, prayer requests and entrusting them to us here to pray for you, and I promise you I do. I take them into our chapel uh, before my morning prayer or my evening prayer, whenever I'm in there, uh, both times actually, and, and uh, go through every single prayer request that we receive, pray for you, included in the intentions in both morning and evening prayer, uh, and they're in there now with Jesus in, the, in front of the tabernacle. Uh, so Please keep them coming. And again, I want to thank all of you, all of you who are being so generous to us. As I have shared with you, we have a goal of hoping to raise at least $75,000 by December 31st. So that's a couple of weeks. Uh, we're almost halfway there. <clears throat> so if you've not yet had the opportunity to, to help us out, uh, please uh, pray about that and support us and be generous. And also pray, let's include in our prayer, the people who um, are able to, in a special way, who have been so well blessed, will um, step out in faith and, and, and make a generous donation that will help us to get and attain that $75,000 goal. I know it sounds like it is a lot of money, but, but we came close to it last year, actually. Um, so let's pray for that. And again, for the only reason, my friends, I was here talking to, to Nick, our engineer, this afternoon. We're kind of going over 2020, the year 2020, and, and uh, what we need here at the radio station, what are some of our 
our equipment needs, both not just this facility here in Trenton, our main facility, but we have three other stations. So we have to, you know, and Nick, Nick takes care of them. And I ask him, what do we need in, in Hammonds? And what do we need in Cape May? What do we need in Freehold? But it doesn't just appear out of thin air. We need to pay for it. So that's why we come to you these, this time of year to kind of help us prepare for 2020. So let's include all of that in our prayers. And uh, most of all, my friends, let's let's pray in our prayers today. We, we pray the Advent prayer that um, we all enter into this beautiful season now in these last Advent days, this late Advent, that we could enter into a true understanding of the season and enter into that, that, that wonderful time of anticipation and hope that Advent is. So let's begin, my friends, now as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, Send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come, Lord Jesus. And as our Holy Father requested, we pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and this beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother uh, with the specific intention Pope Francis requested, the intention of praying to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions, but in our necessities. Do not, I'm sorry, do not despise our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And our prayer for the Beatification of Venerable Mother Maria Kalpas and also for the miraculous healing we've been praying for, for our young friend Maria. We pray, O loving Jesus, we beseech you, grant that your servant, Mother Maria, who is imbued with your Eucharistic presence while on earth, may through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and Saint Casimir be glorified by visible signs and miracles, so that for your glory and the salvation of souls she may by your power be declared blessed. Amen. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Kalpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for a complete and total miraculous healing of our friend Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust, which is born of love. And we ask this through Jesus our Lord and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You know, as I was praying that prayer, my friends, I'm always thinking, I begin to think that Christmas really is a time of miracles. And so 
we should never ever try to contain God and limit God's ability. God can will anything he wishes, anything he desires. It, it can come to be if, it, if it's God's will. There's no containment there. There's no, there's no limit to what God can do. And we know, and I'm sure, I bet if, I, if you really looked within your heart, everyone who's listening, watching right now, you can point out times in your life where you have experienced the hand of God in miraculous ways. So let's make those prayers this Advent season, again, as we wait in joyful anticipation for the coming of our Lord. Pray for those miracles, whatever they might be. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because when we're, we're little, this time of year, I was just on the, we're just, just uh, Skyping with my granddaughter <laughs> earlier today. Cheryl's up there babysitting uh, for a few hours and FaceTime. That what it was FaceTime, FaceTime on the phone. And um, Charlotte, who's now three, she was sitting at the table there having a cup of hot chocolate. And I said, did you write his letter to Santa Claus? She said, yeah. And because she doesn't write, but she thinks she was writing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you think back to the time we were little, we write these letters to Santa Claus. and We write the things that we would like to have. And, you know, isn't it, wouldn't it be, and I always try to do this, you know, that, that wonderful feeling of anticipation that we experience as little children waiting for Christmas, waiting for Christmas Eve and waiting for Santa Claus to come and waiting for that, that magical moment of Christmas morning when you wake up and, and there are the presents under the tree. And if we could just take that same excitement that we had as children, that same uh, ability to believe in that type of a miracle, those miracles, you know, for to believe that Santa can do what he does in the course of a single night around the world takes miracles. Well, couldn't we then take that same understanding and belief and mature it uh, to our faith level and understand and believe that in our prayer, well, we're not writing letters to Santa Claus, but we're, we're asking God for, for blessings and favors and, and uh, answers to particular prayers. And if it if it's his will and according to his will and for us and our salvation, even if it takes a miracle, that will happen. And so we shouldn't contain him or limit him. This is the time of year, especially this time, any time of year, but especially this time of year, to just give it to him and say, Lord, this is, if it be your will. You know, we, we echo the words of our, our, our dear Savior in, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was awaiting his arrest and he said, he if this if cup can be taken from me, but not mine, but your will be done, Lord. In all of our prayers, that should be the the, uh, the way we conclude. Not my will, Lord, but your will. But as I go through the many, many, so many prayer requests, again, friends, thank you. My basket is overflowing, which is great, <laughs> with all the prayer requests you're sending me. But as I go through each of these prayer requests, and I just I just pray, and I think, oh, Lord, you know, so many, and so many of you, uh, so many prayer requests similar, saying, please pray for my adult children who have left the church. Wow. Please pray that my children will have my grandchildren baptized. You know, as I'm praying those prayers, I'm thinking, this is why we need this apostolate. There has to be something 
that people can go to. We know there are churches and parishes, but you know people are able to get to mass on Saturday evenings or Sundays. But that's for most people. That's that's all they can do until next weekend. But in the meantime, what do you do? You can turn on the radio. This is why our Christmas music is kind of a, it, it kind of surreptitiously brings people in because they're flipping the dial and hear Christmas music. And, oh, I'll stay on this station. They're playing Christmas music, and then all of a sudden they realize we're not just music. We're throughout the entire year. We're more of a, a teaching service. But how much do we need people to know and encounter Jesus Christ? My goodness, I, you know, we, I've always said we want to be a beacon of hope to people. Uh, we want to be that, 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 that haven where people can come and enter into the, the joy of our faith and, and encounter Christ in so many special ways. And um, as I pray these prayers that you sent to me, my heart goes out. So many people who are in that position where they're praying for their adult children, but also so many of you suffering in so many other ways, the physical sufferings, emotional sufferings, financial sufferings, praying for people praying for jobs for themselves and others, pre- people praying for healings uh, from, from, from uh, horrible disease, cancer and uh, other uh, Parkinson's and other, other diseases that are affecting them and their loved ones. And we know that we live in a broken world and it's broken because of sin. But we also know that's why we have Christmas. That's why Christ came to conquer sin and death. And we proclaim that message here every day, not just this time of year, but every day going out over the airwaves that Jesus Christ is Lord. Our Lord and Savior came to save us from sin and death, gives us and brings us the promise of eternal salvation. And that's why we're here. And this time of year reminds us how much we need this type of apostolate. So if you've not yet had the chance to help us, I just ask you, please, if you're on our mailing, we sent out over 6,000 newsletters back in November. And as I said, I'm, I'm very, very happy hearing from so many of you uh, from whom I have not heard in a year or two, which is great. But please be generous because we, we need you, we count on you, and we, we can't do any of this without you. Now let's go to a Holy Father, Pope Francis, from early today. It's Wednesday, of course, and on Wednesdays, uh, the Holy Father usually gives his general audience. And today, uh, the Holy Father was, again, reflecting on the nativity scenes. And, you know, he gave us that beautiful apostolic letter back on December 1st on uh, teaching on the nativity. Today, he called nativity scenes a domestic gospel, which helps make the Holy Family present in one's home. And he also encouraged every family to have one in their home at Christmas time. And I can't imagine a Catholic home without one, can you? I mean, uh, most, as far as I would think, most Catholic homes have a nativity scene. Ours is already set up. We don't have our tree up yet, but our nativity scene is there. Of course, Jesus is not in the crib, but, but the nativity scene is there. This was the last general audience of the year for the Holy Father. Um, and he uh, was himself there at the nativity scene, gazing at the nativity with the baby Jesus, uh, Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, he said, we can imagine the thoughts they had while the child was born in poverty, joy, but also shock, meaning Joseph and Mary. And he said, and we can also invite the Holy Family to our home where there are joys and worries. 
where every day we wake up, get food, sleep close, uh, sleep close to our loved ones. The nativity scene, he said, is a domestic gospel. I remember uh, one of the my an image that just kind of stays with me from many years ago, when uh, Cheryl and I were uh, raising our young children. I, I don't even think Anthony was born yet, Joseph and Angela, and they're only two years apart. But I was working in my secular job, and uh, I was in management. So we we had, a, and and I worked in a, in a customer service facility. So we had a and. The phones were had to be answered as early as six o'clock and as late as eight o'clock. So the managers had to kind of uh, rotate and work did the different different shifts. And so I had the very very early shift this one day, and it was still dark out, probably about five thirty in the morning, five four, five fifteen in the morning, and, and uh, it was a cold December day. And I, I remember the kids were up; they were up early, <laughs> and Joseph probably was two and a half. Angela, you know, not even a year. And I went out to my car, and and Cheryl was there in our little living room there, family room, on the floor with the two little children. And that was the only only light on coming out of the house. And I just, the image, the picture I saw of Cheryl sitting on the floor with these two beautiful little children. And as I was getting to my car, driving away, and it was cold, and I was thinking, oh, man, I wish I would have. <laughs> but I realized, you know, obviously as the provider and the dad and the husband, I had an, my my responsibility was to go, and earn the the uh, the pay to support my family, but it was such a beautiful image of 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 what a, a domestic home, domestic church could be and should be. And Holy Father is saying today at his general audience that when we look at the nativity scene and we see the Holy Family, that this truly is a domestic gospel, the nativity scene. He explained the word manger has the same meaning as trough, and Bethlehem means house of bread. The manger scene we make at home, the Holy Father said, where we share food and affections, remind us that Jesus is the essential nourishment, the bread of life. It is he who feeds our love. It is he who gives our families the strength to continue on and to forgive each other. You know, that's by no accident, you know, uh, that the town where Jesus was born, named Bethlehem, which literally translates to house of bread, and that he was placed in a trough, an animal's feed trough. So the bread of life who came into this world, born in the town called House of Bread, placed in a, in a, in a, a feed trough. The Holy Father's reminding us of this, that in this scene, I just, I'm sorry, I have to pardon myself here. I just, <laughs> I don't know what happened here. My, my, uh, my computer just switched over to a different, different, uh, I'm reading off my, my laptop here. Hang on for one second, bear with me. Let me get it back up here. Technology is wonderful. Okay. Um, so the Holy Father is reminding us that the word manger translates to trough, 
and the uh, town, Bethlehem name is, means house of bread. The manger scene we make at home where we share our food and affections remind us that Jesus is the essential nourishment. He feeds our love. It is he who gives our family strength to continue and, and to forgive each other. The Holy Father quoted from his, his apostolic letter, which I've read, with, read to you last week, saying the nativity is, in fact, like a living gospel. And the Holy Father urged everyone to have nativities at their homes, schools, workplaces, hospitals, nursing homes, prisons, and town squares. A nativity points to the essential, that God became man. And he explained that setting up a nativity scene is celebrating the closeness of God. God is always close to his people, but he was really close, very close, extremely close at his birth at Christmas. And he noted that Christmas is just one week away. He encouraged Catholics in their midst of running around to complete the final preparations to ask themselves, so he's asking you to ask yourselves, how am I preparing for the birth of the celebration? Setting up a manger scene is a simple but effective way to prepare, Pope Francis said. In today's uh, frenetic rhythms, it is an invitation to contemplation. It reminds us of the importance of stopping that's the sad part about uh, this time of year. You know, we get so wrapped up in doing all the other things that we forget to stop and just savor the season. We were having a conversation the other night. Cheryl and I had to do some Christmas shopping. So we sat on the couch <laughs> and I got out my Amazon app. And boom, 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 and we did our shopping. And Cheryl had mentioned to me that she had gone to the mall for something a few days earlier, and she said it was not like the old days where people were, you know, remember the malls at Christmas time in December? You could barely, the traffic was awful. You could barely walk around, get it. It's not so much that way anymore. But people are busy in other ways. They're busy with other things, and, and especially in this secularized environment. People are not uh, um, um, really appreciating the season. You know, we should be saying Merry Christmas. Forget the happy holiday stuff. Same, say Merry Christmas. We should, you know, be, be preparing and joyfully preparing for Christmas and, 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 and ensuring that on our calendar for either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, we're going to Mass and remind other people that, you know, it'd be nice to come back. Come back to the church for Christmas. Um, Holy Father also emphasized the tenderness of God as uh, exhibited in the Nativity. It shows God is not a distant or a Lord or a detached judge, but he said, as humble love, he descended to us. He also recalled how some figures of the baby Jesus that called Bambinelli in Italian have open arms, illustrating that God has come to embrace our humanity. I think every most uh, um, beautiful little statues of the infant Jesus, his arms are open. And the Holy Father says that reminds us that God has come to embrace our humanity. And then Holy Father said, speak to the Lord in the nativity scene, telling him about your cares and concerns, expectations, and the year which has passed. In everyday life, we, know we're, are no, we are no longer alone, Pope Francis taught. He lives with us, meaning Jesus. It does not magically change things, but if we welcome him, everything can change. 
I hope for you then that setting up the manger scene is an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. When we make a nativity in our home, it opens the doors to Jesus. It makes this closeness concrete. So there's, a, again, another little activity perhaps. You know, yesterday we talked about the Christmas novena, which began yesterday. And it's not a formal novena, as Father Manisa said on his program yesterday. It could be anything, whether it's just saying a rosary every day or saying uh, five Hail Marys every day or going to Mass every day or something like this. You can go to your manger scene every day and just contemplate the scene of the Holy Family, and, 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 and tell Jesus what you're feeling. Talk to him about the year that's just passed, you know, the ups and the downs. Share with him your desires and your prayers for the upcoming year. Pray for a closer encounter with him, a closer walk with him in the new year. You know, there's that beautiful scene in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, where Scrooge wakes up, the second visit or the second spirit that visits him is the spirit of Christmas present. And in one of his uh, exhortations to Scrooge, the spirit says, We spirits of Christmas are not just, don't walk the earth just on the 25th of December. He said, We're, we're here year round, just like it is with the Christ child. We, we don't just put them in our hearts on the 25th of December. We put them in our hearts all year round. We should. Mother Angelica drew that wonderful image of making our heart the cave into which the Christ child would be born. To prepare that cave, prepare our hearts for his arrival, his coming, because he's coming soon. And that's what all this is about. So Holy Father says, go to the manger. Go to your nativity scene and just contemplate that scene. Another great way maybe uh, incorporate it into your Christmas novena. I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to St. Pope John Paul II, uh, his um, general audience from 18 years ago, I'm sorry, 17 years ago today, his general audience on the last week of Advent. Thank you. Be right back. Don't go away. More to come. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, 
on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Now, in order to understand the knowledge of God, you must make a distinction between foreknowledge and predetermination. The two are not identical. God indeed does foreknow everything, but He does not predetermine us independently of our will and our merits. Just suppose that you knew the stock market very well. And because of your superior knowledge of business conditions, you said that such and such a stock within six months would be selling 10 points higher than it is now. Suppose six months later it actually sold 10 points higher. Would you have predetermined and caused it to be 10 points higher? Although you foreknew it. There were other influences, were there not, besides your superior knowledge? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. Jenkintown to Jackson. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. We're going to go to a uh, general audience teaching from St. Pope John Paul II 17 years ago this very day in 2002 in just a moment. Now, you know, this time of year, um, what, Christmas is a week from today, right? One week from today. <laughs> um, people, you know, need that. Sometimes they need a little extra kickstart to get them into the spirit. Music plays a great part in that, I think, in so many ways. And I, that's why I get, and I still get, a lot of wonderful feedback. Thank you for the feedback on the Christmas music. We're going to even kick it up a notch uh, starting this weekend into the uh, last days of Advent and, of course, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. All Christmas music throughout Christmas week, mostly all Christmas music. But if you're looking for a live event, tomorrow night, Thursday the 19th, at Immaculate Conception Church in Trenton, that's 540 Chestnut Avenue, 
the uh, uh, Father Alphonse and the Orchestra of St. Peter by the Sea is uh, presenting a Christmas uh, concert, full orchestra, uh, at Immaculate Conception Church, 540 Chestnut Avenue, 730 tomorrow night, December 19th. Tickets are $25 for uh, seniors, $30 for everybody else. It's $40 if purchased at the door. There's a number to call. It's on our website on the bulletin board. Go to uh, domesticchurchmedia.org, click on the bulletin board, for, and then click on the uh, tomorrow, the 19th. It'll all come up with all the information. But, you know, sometimes people look for live musical events. It's hard to believe that we're already talking. Today's the 18th. Again, who know what happened to December? <laughs> Cheryl and I were uh, talking about that at, at uh, uh, breakfast yesterday morning. You know, what? what I remember it was last night at dinner. See, I had my time. My time was all up anyway. We were talking and chatting about just time and uh, how fast. I guess because tomorrow, the 19th, is Jack, our, our grandson's first birthday. <laughs> Where, where did that year go? My goodness. And uh, and I was saying, if, if if I go like my mom went, my mom went at 80, 84, I think. She was 84 when she passed away. I have 19 years left. So, And she also, that's a long time. I said, not really. Look how fast the past 19 years went. Anyway, why am I talking about that? If you're looking for a live Christmas concert, tomorrow, St. Joseph's, uh, 540 Chestnut Avenue in Trenton, 7.30 p.m., Say, uh, Father Alphonse and the Orchestra of St. Peter by the Sea is presenting a Christmas concert, so you can go there and enjoy that. Uh, check out our website, our bulletin board, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link, and you get all the information there. Well, it was 17 years ago today, Pope John Paul II gave his general audience um and this one also, of course, was about Advent. So I just want to share some of his words with you. This is when he, while he was still our Holy Father. Of course, now he's a saint in heaven. Uh, St. John Paul said, Wednesday, December 18th, 2002, in this season of Advent, the invitation of the prophet Isaiah accompanies us. Say to those who are fearful of heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come to save you. That's a quote from Isaiah 35. And St. John Paul said, It becomes more urgent as Christmas approaches, enriched with this exhortation to prepare our hearts to welcome the Messiah, the one awaited by the people will certainly come, and his salvation will be for all. John Paul said, On that holy night, we will again recall his birth in Bethlehem. In a certain sense, we will relive the feelings of the shepherds, their joy and their wonder. With Mary and Joseph, we will contemplate the glory of the Word made flesh for our redemption. We will pray that all men may accept the new life that the Son of Man brought into the world by assuming our human nature. And I always like that image, my friends, and I said this to you a few times, I think, during this season, that we can relive the feelings of the shepherds, their joy, their wonder. Anytime we go into a Catholic church and we enter into that holy of holies and there in the tabernacle is the same Jesus who laid in that manger. We can go to any adoration chapel and enter into that chapel and get on our knees and adore Jesus, the same Jesus in that monstrance who was in that 
manger 2,000 years ago. We can experience that same joy and wonder the shepherds experienced. We're given the message every time we go to Holy Mass. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are filled with your glory. On Sundays, uh, with the exception of Advent and Lent, we, we, we sing the glory, a glory to God in the highest. Just like the angels sang to the shepherds, because Jesus is there, just as really and truly present in our uh, tabernacles. And, and when we receive him, just as really and truly present to us as he was to the shepherds 2,000 years ago. Sometimes we become so familiar, I think, with the environment of our, of our uh, liturgies and our church and our parish and our mass that we forget that, that, that wonder, that joy that is presented to us every time we're there. Pope John Paul II said, The liturgy of Advent, filled with constant allusions to the joyful expectations of the Messiah, helps us to understand the fullness of the value and meaning of the mystery of Christmas. It is not just about commemorating the event, the historical event, which occurred some 2,000 years ago in the little village of Judea. Instead, we must understand that our whole life should be an advent, in vigilant expectation of Christ's final coming, to prepare our hearts to welcome the Lord who, as we say in the Creed, will come one day to judge the living and the dead, we must learn to recognize his presence in the events of daily life. Advent is then a period of intense training that directs us decisively to the one who has already come, who will come, and who continuously comes. I like that where the Holy Father said our whole life should be an Advent. That's what this is all about. Is this expectation awaiting the Lord's final coming. Pope John Paul said, with these sentiments, the church prepares to contemplate in ecstasy in a week the mystery of the incarnation. The gospel recounts the conception and birth of Jesus and reports the many providential circumstances that preceded and surrounded such a miraculous event. The angels' annunciation to Mary, the birth of John the Baptist, the choirs of angels in Bethlehem, the arrival of the Magi from the east, St. Joseph's visions, these are all signs and witnesses that highlight the divinity of this child, John Paul said. In Bethlehem is born Emmanuel, God with us. And then John Paul said, in the liturgy of these days, the church offers us three outstanding guides to show us the proper attitude to assume in going to meet the divine guest of humanity. First of all, John Paul said, Isaiah, the prophet of consolation and hope, he proclaims a true and proper gospel for the people of Israel enslaved in Babylon and urges them to remain vigilant in prayer to recognize the signs of the coming of the Messiah. The second guide is John the Baptist, the precursor of the Messiah, who is presented as a voice crying in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins 
It is the only condition for recognizing the Messiah already present in the world. And the third guide, St. John Paul said, is Mary, who in this novena of preparation for Christmas guides us towards Bethlehem. Mary is the woman of the yes who, contrary to Eve, makes the plan of God her own without reservation. Thus, she becomes a clear light for our steps and the highest model for our inspiration. So Holy Father says there are three guides during these days of Advent. Holy Father John Paul. Isaiah, you know, if you go to Mass or if you read the Mass readings throughout this beautiful season, we, we have a lot from Isaiah and the prophets, but Isaiah is there, I think, probably pro- prominently. And Holy Father John Paul says the, he's the prophet of consolation and hope because he proclaims a true and proper gospel for the people of Israel who have been enslaved in Babylon and urges them to remain vigilant in prayer, to recognize the signs of the coming of the Messiah. One thing that Advent should be for all of us, should be, heeding the words of of Isaiah, is to spend more time in prayer. You know, we always say, I wish I could get closer to the Lord. I wish I could get closer to our God. That comes by communicating with him. You think back to uh, your spouse, let's say, we all, those of us who are married, uh, we only got to know our spouse better, being before we got married, by communicating with him or her. The old days, you know, in the old days when 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 I was dating, you had to have the the phone, and you you know you didn't have you really didn't have a lot of privacy when you're on the phone unless you because you were attached to the cord. <laughs> The phone was attached to the wall. But you'd, you'd have phone conversations, you'd have dates, you'd communicate, you'd talk, you'd get, open up, you get to know about the other person. Same thing with God. God wants us to communicate with him. God is always listening. He's always present to us. He's right here. And so the words of Isaiah and the teaching of Isaiah, who John Paul says is the, is the prophet of consolation and hope, urges the people to recognize signs of the Messiah's coming and to remain vigilant in prayer, to remain close to God. And the second guy, John the Baptist, who was the precursor of the Messiah, who was presented in the Gospels as a voice crying in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. It is the only condition for recognizing the Messiah already present in the world. Repentance, repentance, repentance. You know, one thing that the devil would love us to believe is that God will never forgive us. We're all sinful people. We all fall. (laughs) Nobody in this world is perfect. We're all imperfect beings because of the sin of our first parents. We are in exile. We truly are in exile. It's hard to understand that when, especially in this country, we have so much. You think of someone in exile, they're out in the wilderness somewhere. But we can be in the wilderness spiritually. We can be in the wilderness emotionally. Isolated, away from God, separated from each other. 
in this life. You know, there are sometimes the, 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 the most you feel the most lonely when you're surrounded by people in an environment where there are other human beings and you just feel completely isolated. You don't have to be out in the desert somewhere. And, you know, sin can do this to us. Sin can isolate us. Sin can separate us from God's grace, serious sin. And we feel that isolation. God never leaves us. We leave God. But this example that Holy Father uh, Pope John Paul II gives us in naming the three guides who show us the proper attitude to assume in going to meet the Christ child, Isaiah, now John the Baptist, and then the Blessed Mother. Pope John Paul said, in this novena of preparation for Christmas, Mary guides us towards Bethlehem. You know, Mary's role in salvation history was to lead us to Jesus. That's, that's her role, to lead us to, to Christ. And so, especially during this season, and now this fourth Sunday of Advent coming up, we are going to, uh, I believe the gospel is the Annunciation, and we see Mary's yes, who, as John Paul said, contrary to Eve, makes the plan of God her own without reservation. Then she thus becomes a clear light for our steps and the highest model for our inspiration. Because God asks all of us to accept his son. And we either say yes or no. You know, we're all, we're all asked by our Heavenly Father, to accept the Christ child into our heart, into our lives. And we, sadly, at times, you know, we reject that. But as I said earlier, you know, we were called to carry the Christ child with us 365 days a year, not just this time of year. And Mother Angelica's image of, of making our hearts the true cave into which the Christ child can be born to make our hearts pure and clean and make it a fitting dwelling place for the Christ child. Not just this time of year, but throughout the year. I remember during the uh, Jubilee, during the Jubilee year in 2000, because we were celebrating the 2000th anniversary of the birth of Christ, John Paul II, our Holy Father at the time, was encouraging Catholic families to leave nativity scenes set up in your homes all year long. He was asking us to leave our Christmas lights up all year long because it was a year-long jubilee celebrating the birth of Christ. I don't think many Catholics did that. I don't even think I did that. I I, uh, I should have. In those days, I used to put out this this um, a nativity scene out on our front porch and people would come to look at it. It was very well done, I must say. <laughs> I have I have no skill whatsoever. Let me tell you this: I was driving. I had this up. I was driving uh, to my office one day, and I saw someone throwing away pallets. You know the the, the wooden pallets, four foot, probably four foot by four foot, or you know they use them for shipping and things. Somebody was throwing them away, and as I was driving by, I thought, 
all of a sudden in my mind, I thought, wait a minute, I could make a stable out of that. I had, I had, I think I took, I took four of them. So they were uh, two sides, and then a back, and then a, a roof, and just kind of slanted. I just I got a saw and I kind of cut it on an angle so the roof would slant upward. I made this display, and then I ordered these, you know, two or three foot outdoor statues: Jesus, Mary, Joseph, a couple of sheep, and uh, on my porch I created this whole nativity scene. And the used to play, I put a star. It was it was it was, it was, a, it was a very nice nice display. Uh, the wood began to eventually over the course of the years. I would store it in the backyard. The wood would eventually begin to rot. I did, didn't, and I was getting too old. I couldn't carry the wood anymore. So, but Holy Father did say in that jubilee year, keep your nativity scenes set up, keep your Christmas lights on, celebrate the Lord. We're celebrating the jubilee. To remind us that this is what it's all about. Did you watch last night? Charlie Brown was on last night. Cheryl and I were watching Charlie Brown's Christmas again. It was on TV. Never ceases to amaze me that that beautiful scene with Linus quoting from Luke. How that is still on. I got to be honest with you. I, I, it amazes me that that's still on. That the networks still allow that. Thanks be to God. I think there'd be an outcry if they tried to take it off, don't you? But it reminds us again what we're doing and why we're doing it. And the, the, the cry of Charlie Brown in that scene is, Can, any, is there, isn't there anybody who can tell me what Christmas is all about? And that was, that was from 1965, 54 years ago. You know, the, the, the joke with the Christmas tree that the, 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 the Charlie Brown and Lucy said, get, get a pink tree, an aluminum tree. And remember those days when, when we were just we were going off the deep end and we've got a lot farther up the deep end these days. But Charlie Brown's cry of dis, you know, desperation was the cry that probably a lot of people had. Can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus just quotes from Luke. Here it is. We've had it for 2,000 years. We've had the story. We know what it's about. We know what Christmas is about. Just stay there. Stay within that, that, that domestic uh, gospel, as, as Pope Francis called it. Go to your nativity scene. Stand in front of it. Contemplate the images, what it's all about, and what it means. That God sent his only son into this world to save us from sin and death. We're celebrating the birth of that child because he brings us salvation. He came here to save us. And when we remember and celebrate this time of year, that's what it's all about. Now, coming up at 5 o'clock, we have another hour of Christmas music. We'll do the same thing tomorrow, 6 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock. And then Friday, I think we'll start kicking it up a bit. And then into the weekend and, of course, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Christmas Eve and Wednesday, Christmas Day. Now, um, I'll be off the week, Christmas week. We're going to just play a lot of music. Uh, I'll... Tomorrow will be my last program uh, of the year. Uh, I'll be back after the new year. I think January 2nd I'll be here. Um, Friday Live will be here Friday, but then after that we won't be back until after the, 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 the new year. So, 
because we wanted to just, you know, get some time off, spend time with family, but also we're going to place a lot of Christmas music. A lot of the EWTN programs are going to be repeats and things. But stay here because I'm going to put, put a lot of Christmas music on for you throughout Christmas week. I'll be here tomorrow, and then Cheryl and I'll be here Friday. Uh, but then we're going to, you know, kind of uh, shut down a little bit uh, just to kind of spend time with the family and uh, savor the season and celebrate the birth of our Lord in, in the way that we hope we be fruitful spiritually for us as well. Um, but don't forget, my brothers and sisters, we have that goal of $75,000 by the end of the year. We're, we're at about, uh, I guess, about 40% of the way there now, as I think we are. I haven't checked today. Um, <clears throat> but please, if you've not yet had a chance to help us out, please uh, do consider helping us in being generous because we can't do this without you. We need you, and we need this apostolate now to bring Christ into the world. So many people are, the world is barren because they don't have him. And we do the best we can day in and day out, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with our four stations and all our means of communication to get Christ out into the world, to bring that message of hope, this, this message, this gospel of joy to as many people as possible. But we need you to help us. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Make an online donation using your debit or credit card. Write to us here, Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton 08628. But our, all of our information is on our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and you can donate right from there. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow, God willing, so join me at 4 o'clock. Stay tuned now for some Christmas music. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Bye.